Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. When you came in this morning, they should have given you a post-it note. Uh, that's not for your grocery list or your husband's to-do list after church today, guys. Hold on to that because I, I'll, uh, we'll get to a place a little bit in the service, in the message this morning that I want to share those with you. Um, today we're going to pick back up in Luke uh, 17 verses 11 through 19. I'm going to read it again. Last week we read it, but there were some people here. There are some people here that weren't there last week. Maybe some people watching online. You weren't here when we started this. Uh, it's kind of like a little mini series. I don't know if today's the last one or if I'll do one more uh, next week before we go into some Christmas teaching. So um, if you'll go ahead and turn in your Bible, be ready when we get there. This series is called Thanks Living. And it's all about a lifestyle of gratitude. It's all about a lifestyle of giving thanks. And I don't know if you realize it or not, but we are living in a time of uh, where, where gratitude is just not something that, um, it's just not being taught, if I could just be blunt with you. Gratitude is not being taught it's not being taught by parents. It's not being taught in a lot of circles. And uh, thank God for the parents who do teach their children gratitude. Thank God for children, uh, people who do teach their children to say thank you when something is done uh, to them or said to them in a complimentary way or given to them. We are living in a day of entitlement. And a lot of times, we'll, we'll get all fired up about the world. The world is entitled. And, you know, there's this political, you know, entitlement. And we get all excited about that. But this morning in our, in our rally, which is what we call the coming together of our ministry team, we rally together. And we always have some things that we consider about ministry. And our focus today in our rally was... What is one thing I can do to improve myself in serving others? What's one thing I can do? Because I can always find 10 things that Shay could do or 10 things that, you know, Amanda could do or 12 things uh, Amy could do or, you know, or you know what I'm saying? But it's like it puts the focus on me. And so a lot of times the church will get fired up They'll get fired up about, you know, people being on welfare. They'll get fired up about, you know, well, I pay my taxes. You... Am I preaching the truth? You know, I pay my taxes and, you know, they need to get off their tail and get a job. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? I hear it all the time. I remember... Uh, well, I, won't. I, I was going to give you another example. I think you got the point. But we won't do that when we come. My taxes pay for that. You know, we get all redneck and want to fight about it. You know what I'm saying? My taxes pay for that. You know, you need to contribute. But we don't think about that when it comes to church. 
We don't think about that. There's a lot of entitled people that come to church. There's a lot of entitlement in the church. And so the scripture, when it says, judge not, it's not that we're not supposed to judge. It's just that whatever standard we use to judge, we got to live up to the same standard. Judge not unless you want to be judged by the same standard that you use to judge others. So it's like if I'm going to judge the world in a way, I have to judge myself. I have to live that out. And so, you know, when we get upset for the world, you know, being ungrateful or whatever and feeling entitled, what about the church? You know, what about our entitlement? The, the antidote to entitlement is thanksgiving. It's really living a lifestyle of thanks and gratitude. And so today, as I talk to you about this from the life of the leper, the one leper, you can learn something about the other nine as well, but there's that one leper that was different than all the others, and he was different in a lot of ways. And, and in the scripture, when it talks about him, if you'll notice, uh, Greg uh, and I were talking about this earlier, Greg Coleman and I were talking about this earlier, where he said, you know, Pastor Rife, what's the significance in the scripture when it says, talking about the lepers, that, you know, he was a foreigner, he was a Samaritan. And I said, you know what, I really believe that the Samaritans, they had some, uh, some, God beliefs. They had a faith, but they had some views theologically that were, were a little different from the Jews. And if you remember when Jesus went to Samaria uh, and he met the woman at the well, and you know, she wanted to get into that uh, uh, conversation about, well, where do you Jews say uh, is the right place to worship? Do you say it's here on this mountain or Jerusalem? You know, and she wanted to get into that. So she had some differing views, and, and they were looked down upon as outside of the faith, so to speak. In other words, they were not the people of God that were mature in their beliefs. And so as it's talking about, it points out twice in the scripture here that he was a foreigner, that he was a Samaritan. And I truly believe the significance uh, of that was that, hey, out of all the ten of them, the one that should have the most amount of grace would have been the Samaritan guy the foreigner, because he doesn't know our ways. The other nine had a different expectation upon them about what was uh, proper and appropriate. But this guy over here, he doesn't know our ways, but even he returned and did what he was supposed to do, which the other nine should have been doing all along because they know our ways. Are you following me? Does any of that make sense to you? So, this is what I want to share with you today, that thanks living is an act of worship. Thanks living, in other words, a heart filled with thanks, a lifestyle of, of being grateful and thankful is a form of worship. 
Now, I know we typically think worship happens in this room on a Sunday morning or when I'm reading my Bible at home or whatever, but I'm here to tell you that when you are gracious and you are grateful to someone, it is a form of worship. You are worshiping God because you are creating Him uh, or you are uh, uh, living in the way that He has created you to be. I messed that up. But you're living out the way that he created you to be. So when God, I'm, I'm telling you, do you when, when you create something, you put something together, or maybe you just make it, and it works right, how does that make you feel? It's a feeling of satisfaction. Like, look what I did. I did that all by myself. You want to show it to people, call your wife out in the garage, call your husband into the kitchen, ask him to take a bite of it. You know, you, you are excited about it. Think about how God thinks about his creation when we operate the way he created us to be. It blesses him. It's a form of worship. It satisfies him. So worship is my gratitude for the Father's goodness. That's what worship really is. When we come in here and we worship the Lord, it's really a form of just saying, God, I love you. I'm so thankful for your goodness towards me. I'm so thankful for your, your, uh, your kindness towards me. As a matter of fact, the scripture uh, that I read to you guys this morning, Psalm 59 says this. Let me, let me uh, swipe over here to it. It says, I'll lift my voice and sing your praise, O my strength. For you came to my defense, O God. You have shown me your loving mercy. Our gratitude for his blessings of goodness and mercy and kindness and protection and strength that he gives us. So turn in your Bibles real quick and let's read uh, from uh, Luke chapter 17. All right? Before we go any further, I want to share with you this morning, Shay was telling me that, uh, hey, I've got this um, letter from the Prodigy Pantry. Well, for the last month, we've been uh, taking feathers that were, to us, they were worth $20. We said, if you take a feather and you give $20 off the turkey out there, you take a feather off the turkey, meaning I'm going to bring back $20, and we're going to give this to Prodigy Pantry, and Prodigy Pantry is going to be able to feed people. And they send this letter to us. What are they doing? You know, we sent them, uh, what was it, Shay, $1,640, and the Protestant Pantry, now I don't know how they can do it, but they can take, uh, they got the spirit of granny on them. You know what I'm saying? Because granny, she can take $20 and feed 80 people. I'm just telling you, she can make $20 stretch. I don't know how they do it, but they will take that $20 and they will create what they call a Norman Rock Thanksgiving feast. In other words, it, Norman Rockwell, it's the, it's the old-fashioned, we're going to give you a turkey, a ham, uh, yams, cornbread, 
pudding, all, all the stuff that goes with it. They can do all of that for $20. And so they send us this note here. What they're basically doing is saying, hey, we recognize your act of kindness. We are grateful for it. This is their thank you to us. And I just want to uh, read this. This is what you're a part of. You are a part of being the Protestant pantries, giving away three million pounds of food this year. Three million pounds of food and 1,500 it, uh, tons, if you want to do it in tons. 1,500 tons of food by the end of the year will have been given away. So during the pandemic, during two hurricanes, you have been a blessing, a part of the blessing. And so can I tell you what is happening? God is just being pleased with the worship all over the place. We're worshiping him through being kind to others and partnering with this ministry. God, he's being blessed by seeing Protestant Pantry. They're not just people that are taking advantage of churches, but they are grateful for the partnership in ministry. So you, you get it, it's an act, it's a verb. It's, an, it's a very uh, active kind of worship. And so let's read uh, Luke chapter 17. Here we go, verse 11. So Jesus continued towards Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now I'm reading it to you, but they were screaming it. They were trying to get his attention. Not only were they trying to get his attention, they were used to screaming because they had to stay a long distance away because leprosy is so contagious. And so they were screaming out to him, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourself to the priests. And as they went their way, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. Then he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Okay, there's the first foreigner reference. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? No one has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. Now understand, he's not ask, he's not expecting people to come back and give him glory. Who's the glory going to? The Father, God the Father. And he says, "Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner?" Second foreign reference. And Jesus said to the man, "Stand up, go your way." Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Sozoed. Every time he uses a different uh, uh, word in there, sozoed means your faith has made you completely whole. Like, there was a... God is the God of more than enough. Last week I, I talked to you about, they came and they were asking for help, but they got wholeness. A lot of times we'll come to the Lord and we'll say, God, I need my help. I, I need help paying my light bill this month or, or whatever. Well, thank God I'm not there. I don't have those issues anymore in my life. I've grown beyond that and matured and God's blessed me. But sometimes, whatever your need is, you'll come looking for that. 
And so it's kind of like putting a Band-Aid on a wound. And God does not want to hand out Band-Aids. He doesn't want to just help you with your light bill. He wants to help you get financially whole. He doesn't want you, you know, God, help me with my marriage and, you know, put a little Band-Aid. No, the, the, the reason the, the marriage isn't working is because you broke. You got trauma. You need to be fixed. I need to be fixed. And God wants there to be wholeness when you're just wanting this one little piece to be fixed. Well, when he comes back and he begins to, to uh, say, Lord, thank you, you know, for, he, for healing me. And Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. You didn't just get your healing in your body, but you are whole in every way. I don't know what all his uh, needs were. I don't, uh, we, don't, we don't have that much history on the man. We just know that there was something broken there. And we just know the part that was broken was the physical. But what Jesus said, we know he had some emotional problems. We know that there were some spiritual issues. We know that there was some deliverance that had to be had because that's what the Greek word sozo means. So when he says, your faith has made you sozoed, he, he, he fixed him in every way. That man was a brand new creation when he went away. And so I want to just share with you this morning, this is what worship is. Worship. Worship is an awareness of God's goodness. When this man and the nine others, they were going their way, and I don't know, as a kid when I heard this story, I, the way I pictured it were they were all going to meet the priest in single file. Well, we don't know that. One of them could he could have gone to see his family uh, or, you know, gone to the store or something like that. But we, we, we think they went directly to the priest because you even though he, they were clean and, and they were healed and nobody would know, the law said you had to go to the priest first. And the priest is the one who declares you clean. They give you a clean bill of health. They give you readmission back into society. But, you know, while they were walking, however that was, there was an awareness. You know, because when Jesus said, go your way and, and make your way to the priest... He didn't, Jesus didn't make a big uh, spectacle out of it. You know, he did, we don't know if he laid hands on them. The scripture doesn't say that. We don't know if Jesus uh, did anything spectacular other than say, just go. And now it's in our court. All right, so pretend we're the lepers. And he says, go show your faith, go, go show yourself to the priest. I'm going to tell you what Rife Stewart would be doing. Oh, I know y'all too spiritual. Y'all ain't going like y'all ain't like this, but I'm the only one here. But listen, I know, I know what I do because I'm so analytical on things and analytical and, and being all, you know, uh, trying to figure everything out will slow you down in your race towards the cross. It will slow you down in your Christian maturity. I know that about myself. So I'm telling you, if I was the leper and uh, Jesus said, Go show yourself to the priest. I'd be like, ain't nothing happening yet. Like I'm, I'm still scaly as I was. I'm still missing, you know, two fingers. Like I, nothing's different. I can't go up. I mean, I'm going to look like an idiot. 
going up to the priest, saying, um, met this guy out there, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a healer, he's on the healing circuit, he's going around, you probably heard him, his name is Jesus, well, we, he told us, come show ourselves to you. Uh, yeah, I know I ain't got, but you know, three fingers on his hand and my ears falling off and, you know, and I'm covered with everything and, but I'm just doing what the man told me to do, you know. I just wonder what must have been going through their minds. However, they acted in faith. They're just going like, okay, nothing's happening. We're the same, but you said, all right, we're going on. And as they went, they were made whole. And at some point, you know, I mean, man, you got to know what you got to go research and look at lepers. It's not pretty. I went into that a little bit last week. You got to know the severity of the condition they were in. And as they were walking, you know, and I mean, some of them could have probably lost feet to this thing. They, they could have been going by crutches. And all of a sudden, you know, the scripture says they were made whole. I don't know about you, but a body without a foot ain't whole. So they were made whole in every supernatural sense and physical sense of the word. But I don't know about you, but if I'm hobbling down through there on some crutches and all of a sudden I feel a foot down there and I look down, oh, it's on like a chicken bone. Like I'm telling you, I'm like, whoa, oh, oh my God, oh, good Lord Jesus. What? I'm, I'm just telling you, that's going to be me. And worship is an awareness. He, the scripture says when he saw there was tangible evidence when he saw the goodness of God, when he saw it with his own eyes, when he sensed it in his body, like the pain of it's not there. The ache in the epidermis levels are not there because it's not eaten down into the epidermis. You know, he felt better. He felt healed. There was an awareness God did something. Something just happened. You ever been in that place where you have had something happen and all of a sudden you were aware of the goodness of God? It could have been in the form of a phone call. It could have been in the form of something in your body that just changed. I'm telling you, I have had back issues that I prayed for and it's like, oh, I felt it pop. Jesus, thank you. And I'm like, you get, you get a little more excited when you feel something and you have an awareness that it happened. Worship is simply that. It's an awareness of God's goodness. I'm telling you what, we walk around a lot of times and we're not aware of all the things. That's why I tell you, remember your memorials. Remember your testimonies of when you down, when you feel like you ain't got anything to worship. When you walk into this room and the, the hell of life is on your shoulders heavy, you can brush it off because you say, I remember when God did this. I remember when God did this. I remember when God did that. I remember when when God did something for, for Erica, he didn't even do it for me, but I know he loves me as much as he loves Erica. It's an awareness of God's goodness. Worship is sacrificial. I want you to understand, we don't know how long these men had been lepers, but it had been some time for you to get in that shape. 
And so there was a time where they lost their livelihood. We don't know who they were or what they were. They could have been carpenters. They could have, they could have even been priests. They could have been sheep herders or somebody who worked in an inn or any kind of occupation. You have to understand that they lost their livelihood. They are now at the, at the uh, mercy of individuals or the government for their care. They lost their livelihoods. They couldn't stay in their home. If somebody gets sick from COVID, where do we go? They send us to our home. No, you can't go to your home because you got leprosy. And for them, it was terribly contagious and deadly. What do you have to do? Well, we're going to put you in a leper colony. You guys are all going to live over here by yourself. All the sick people are over there. They lost their families. They lost their jobs. Uh, they, they were isolated. And so when he is healed, he, he finds himself. He's healed. Like, imagine this. When you go on a missions trip, anybody ever been in on a missions trip? Let me see your hand. All right. Or maybe just out of the country for a time period. Oh my gosh, I've been on missions trips and I'm like, I cannot wait till I hit that American soil in the airport. We are hitting the first Chili's restaurant or steakhouse or whatever is, because I'm telling you, there ain't no food like American food. I'm just telling you. Yeah, I've been to Central America. I've been over in Europe some. I've been over to Africa. I, there ain't no food like American food. That's a great place for amen, folks. I appreciate other cultures, and I love why I'm there, but I'm telling you what. Just think, these guys have not had the kind of food that they, they, they're used to getting whatever they can. I'm telling you what, if I got healed of leprosy, I'd want to go see my family. I'd want to go see, hey, do I still have a job? You know, I've been away for eight months, but I'm healed now. Can I come back to work? I would want to go and stop in the best restaurant in town. I'd be thinking about all these things that I would want to do. But worship is sacrificial. Worship puts your needs. He, he put his needs on the back. What did he do? He went back to the source of his healing. He went back to do the first works first. He's returning to his first love, so to speak. And so many times... What will happen is we, in, in our uh, lifestyle of gratitude, in other words, thanks living, things that will hold us back are things of the flesh, things that we want to do. And God is saying, give up. Give up sometimes things that we want. Oh, Jesus, on the planet, the United States of America is probably the worst. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying this because I'm from the United States. But I'm just telling you, on the face of the planet, I've been to a lot of countries. On the face of the planet, the United States is probably the worst when it comes to a consumer mindset, when it comes to spirituality. Y'all don't like me, do you? I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. We have to come to a place of brokenness and say, God, I sacrifice myself. I'm aware of your goodness towards me. I sacrifice myself. He turns around. He goes back. He sacrifices. Uh, he, he does not go to the priest. And I'm telling you what, I wish I could preach this like somebody like T.D. Jakes, but man, he didn't go to the priest. He went to the high priest. 
the Lord, when I was reading this a few years ago, and I'm like, dude, that just blew my mind away because it's like Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. Where did they turn around? They all are heading off to the high priest. They're all headed off to the law. Mmm. They all headed off to the law. The law, the law says, show yourself to the priest. Something in that man when he was going and he found himself free and he found himself whole, there was a built-in uh, gyroscope or whatever you call that thing that leads you your GPS. There was a built-in Messiah meter in there. And it's like, oh my God. And he turns around and he doesn't know. I don't know if he knew what he was doing. You know, he turns around and he is going and showing himself to the priest. Not just any priest, to the priest, the high priest. And, he, and when he comes, this is what I want you to uh, look at this. Let me see where I'm at in this thing. When he comes, he comes back because it's a, his worship is a priority. And he goes, you know, I know he said go to the priest, but there's something more important than the law. There's something more important than religion. There's something more important than the, I got to check off my religious checklist. And he turns around and he puts first things first. And he goes and he puts puts himself before the Messiah. Like you said that quote earlier, that worship is, the, is, the pop, uh, is not the popular thing, but it's a priority. I'm telling you what, following Jesus, we have to look and see where our priorities are. And sometimes we just have to reevaluate our lives and say, God, what's important to me? And like Larry was saying earlier, there's nothing wrong with you writing out something in your checkbook to your favorite uh, 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 subscription or going to your favorite restaurant or whatever. However, there should be a priority in our finances that God comes first above everything else. I'm telling you what, for Shay and Rife Stewart, we've lived this way since I was 17 years old. Before anything gets paid, before Rife Stewart buys another watch, another pair of shoes, some tool for my garage or whatever, Jesus, I, I have my offering for the church comes right off the top every time. Why? Because it's a priority for me. Coming to the house of God is a priority for me. Coming and worshiping with my church family is a priority for me. There are people that are off on vacation right now. As a matter of fact, uh, Cheryl and I, uh, we, we were over their house for a prayer team fellowship and Cheryl Trawick and she said, I just want you to miss me uh, this Sunday because she's always uh, picking at me. She said, I just want you to miss me Sunday because I'm not going to be there. And uh, I said, uh, I will. I just hope the rapture don't come. I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I don't know how all that works out, but you have to take that up with the Lord. But here's the thing. It's okay. Go to Pigeon Forge. Go to, go to Gatlinburg. Go to the beach. Go to, go to uh, wherever you want at times and enjoy. Uh, we, it's not the legalism of having to be here. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be here more than I'm not here. Are you following me? I'm going to be in the house of the Lord more than I'm not here. 
well, Pastor Rife, you're the preacher. You're supposed to be here. I'm telling you what, there were a whole lot of years in my life that I wasn't the preacher. I was just a person in the seat, and I was listening to the preacher, and I'm telling you what, I made it a priority then, just like it's a priority now. One day I'm going to get old, older, I should say, and, um, and I'm not going to be the person up here anymore. But guess what? I'm going to be the person out in that seat, and I'm going to be that little man dancing around the front of, 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 of the church. I'm going to be down there worshiping the Lord, and, you know, somebody's going to be looking at me and going, oh, ain't he just so cute, or I wish he'd sit down. He's getting on my nerves, you know, but I'm just going to, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, this is my priority. It's a priority to worship him. Worship comes in a lot of different ways. Worship also is vocal and loud at times. I'm telling you what, sometimes I get a little irritated in the house here. Y'all want me to be real or you want me to lie to you up in here? All right, because you know I am. Sometimes I get a little irritated that we ain't loud enough. And uh, I, know, I know, you know, I told the team, like, you know, let, let, let's just lead and if they follow us into that realm, they follow us. And if they don't, they don't. Like, I ain't going to beat you up verbally to try to usher in the presence of God. I'm just not going to do it. But I can tell you what. The song that you were singing this morning, oh, my God. It, it, it just ministered to me. I will go. Though none will follow. Though none will follow. You know, I'm telling you, I've made my mind up. I'm going if my wife don't go, if my kids don't go, if my mama don't go, if y'all don't go, I'm going. I'm going. And I may look weird and, you know, and it's like, what is he doing down there? And I just made my mind up. I'm, I'm going to be vocal. I'm going to be vocal. I on some video sometime a while back, uh, my kids were listening to it, and they're like, oh, I hear dad. You know, it was, it was the worship team was up here, but my voice picked up down there on the Facebook video that we had posted. And, you know, they're watching it, and they're like, oh, I hear dad. I know they probably didn't mean that as a blessing, but it was a blessing to me. I'm like, heck, yeah, you did. I'm getting my praise on. Yeah. Holla, Mayola. <laughs> I want you to know that when he came, when he came, he was loud. The scripture, it says that he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He came back. Now, I, man, I just don't know what, sometimes you just wish they had digital video back then, don't you? Because I wonder what he is doing, like, you know. Uh, some of us be coming back like, oh, well, praise God, the Lord healed me. Look at that. You know, I mean, he was all undignified. He's going, oh, my God, praise the Lord. Look at me, you know, and he's like yelling. And probably he was used to yelling already because he's a leper and they have to shout to get people. But he's loud with his praise. He's shouting with his praise. Shout with the voice of triumph, the scripture says. You know, sometimes you just got to shout. And, and there are times where I, I, 
you know, if anybody's watching this today and, and, and you fall into this category, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to explain something, okay? I'm just mansplaining. Um, I've had people that in their worship, they have a breakthrough. And other people are going, now she need to be quiet. Mm-mm. She got to get her stuff. You pull yourself together, sister. But I'm just telling you, if you knew where that sister was, or you knew where that brother was, like you don't know their story, you don't know their journey, you don't know what sozo just happened in their life, you don't know what Holy Ghost is doing up inside of them. And it's like before we ever go judging somebody for getting loud and vocal, we better check ourselves and go, I don't know what they've been through because the Lord might say, hey, you want cancer? Like, because I just healed her of cancer. Do you want it? You know, like, no, she's healed. You know, she's delivered. He's healed. He's set free. And when you get set free for something, like when you get excited, you you get excited when you get set, set free from something. When the Lord does something for you, your body just, he's made our body to experience all kinds of chemical reactions that somebody smarter than me needs to be standing up here talking about it. But I know that our blood pressure increases, our blood flow increases, so much stuff is going on. And what God is doing is he's elevating everything in your body to get you to rise and and get out of that slumber and begin to, to praise the Lord. And so at times, praise, worship is loud Pastor Rife, the Lord didn't make me that way. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. The Lord did make you that way. Then I want you to shut your mouth and you don't scream at your kids one more time. And at your favorite ball uh, team, when they make a touchdown, I want you to shut your mouth and I just want you to go, yay. (laughs) Awesome. God made us to be vocal. He made us to be loud. But we bought into a lie. We bought into a lie. Y'all got the spirit of Michael on you. David's wife. I know I ain't pronouncing it exactly like Jewish people would. Mikael or something like that. But us redneck folk, we call her Michael. She sees David down there, and she's like, mm-hmm, I saw you getting all jiggy with it out there, and you was all making a fool of yourself. And I love his, I love, I'm putting it in the rife translation now. And he's like, woman, he's like, you better, you better just tone it down, because I'm telling you what, the next time, I'll, I'll, I'll get more undignified than this, and it'd be like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, you don't tell me how to praise. You don't begin to restrict my praise. You don't begin to restrict my worship. I'm on worship. I'm on worship. I'm on worship. And I, I ain't worshiping you. I'm not worshiping you. I'm worshiping him. You know, it's not for you. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if you think it's weird. It's for him. And I'm telling you, it's not always loud. There are some times where it's very quiet. And there's some times where Holy Spirit comes in and it's just somber and he just kind of 
kisses you with his gentle presence. But it ain't always that way. It ain't always loud. Aren't you glad that God, he is, has just a, just a beautiful, all kind of emotions that he's created for us? Music, come. And I'm going to try to close this up here. Uh, worship has a posture. When he came, I want you to look at his posture. The scripture says that he came shouting, and when he came, he fell. He fell at his feet and began to worship him. Bowing is, one way, is a form of worship. Next year, we're going to study through the, the Hebrew words of, of what worship means. And it has all of these different types of postures that we have. And God gives us just so many to choose from. You can sit sometimes in his presence. You can lay, literally lay before the Lord in his presence. If people laying in church bothers you, well, you've got a problem not with that person. You've got a problem with the Lord. You've got a problem with Scripture. And honestly, I'm not trying to be just a jerk today. But it makes me wonder if you even know the Word. Like in its totality. I mean, we don't, none of us know it in its totality because it's living, breathing, and deep. But the word says that we can worship him laying before the Lord, shouting unto the Lord. And so when I, when I begin to uh, find people that criticize worship, I begin to look and go, mm, this is a person that's not educated in the word when it comes to worship. Because if they were educated in the word, they would know. Uh, well, I just don't believe that, you know, somebody can... Uh, be overwhelmed or, or be slain in the spirit. Well, there is no biblical term for being slain in the spirit, but there is definitely uh, biblical examples for being uh, overwhelmed in his presence. The scripture says, I forget which prophet it was. I don't know if it was Isaiah or who it was, but the, the scripture says that I fell down before the Lord as if I were dead. You know, I've told you before that when my brother, when I was in the 10th grade, that my brother was killed in a car accident and we were called to the hospital and we didn't know that he was dead. And my mom and dad were in there and they, they were walking out. My mom was crying and my dad had his arms around her. And as they were walking by, you know, I'm thinking, this is my brother, he, is, uh, he was constantly doing something, you know, in trouble, doing something. And so here I am, a 10th grader. I said, what's, what's, what's he done? Like, what's going on? And my mom said that your brother is, she, I mean, she was overcome with grief, and she wasn't thinking what she said. She said, your brother is dead. And when she said that, I, I fell like this, and, I, and I'm on the ground, and I can't get up. I'm in the 10th grade, and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with my body. I cannot get up. And what happened is the new, that news sent a meltdown in my body and I fell down and I was no longer in control. I was overcome. All right? 
So if the natural body can do that, think of what in the supernatural realm, sometimes Holy Spirit. We're, we're talking about the God who says, no man can see my face and live. We're talking about that kind of God, that kind of power. And when he has the graciousness to settle his spirit on you in a time of worship, there are times where your body will shut down, just like my leg shut down in the 10th grade. And you're just overwhelmed. And it's actually a beautiful thing to see people just overwhelmed by the power of the Lord. And so these are the things that I believe that we can learn about worship from this stranger to the Lord, from this person who shouldn't have been that educated and he wasn't in the ways of Judaism but here he is actually fulfilling it because he has this desire to live with a grateful heart this is where I want to leave us this morning thanks living is an act of worship and worship is my gratitude for God's goodness so, Pastor Rife, I've heard what you're saying today. How can I take this and how can I apply it? Number one, you can think, what's an area in my personal worship that I can grow in? Like, what's an area? You know, when I was about 16 years old, I was all hot stuff. And, you know, all the girls were dying to be my girlfriend. And I had this cool factor I had to you know, keep up. When I started feeling it, falling in love with the Lord, I'm all of a sudden I'm feeling this urge to raise my hands and I'm seeing people raise and I'm coming into this awareness of like what worship is and I'm like, man, I ain't raising my hands for nobody. I got to see it just to keep up. You know, y'all had it when y'all were 16 too. And I'm like, and man, the more they would sing those songs and the more the spirit would move and the more my heart would draw close to him and he would draw close to me, I would just feel my hands want to just go up in the air. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And I'd be like, I don't want, Lord, I don't want these people going to be looking at me. I didn't have, see, that's what the devil was lying to me saying. Those people wasn't looking at me. I'm 16 years old. They didn't care about what I was doing. But the devil made it look like everybody in the church was going, wait and see what he's going to do. Oh, and put his hands up. All right, I knew it. Let's make fun of it. That's how I felt. And I just came to this place. No turning back. No turning back. They're going up. Oh, God, I feel it. Oh, no, Jesus. And I just, I'm like, boom, they're up. Thank you, Lord. And it's like, man, it felt so good. A few years ago, this is what I felt my hands doing. I don't know, this 10... 12 years ago, I don't know. But in worship, I would feel myself worshiping. And I would I would feel myself wanting to go. And I'm like, oh, stop, boys, be careful. Pay attention. Behave. And then the more I'd be there, I'd be, I'd find myself going like. And I would find myself in this battle again. Like, stop, stop. Sometimes you'll see me. I think I was probably doing it this morning. But I'm like, I'll just, I love you, Lord. And 
I'm like, when I talk, when I hear that song talk about going deep, y'all, <laughs> woo, when, y'all, when I hear y'all talk about singing, going deep this morning, I'm like, I'm going to go like, I'm sure people are going like, Pastor Rod, he's diving down, he's going down deep today, boy. But that's what I want to do. That's how I want to do it, and I'm going to do it. It's just the way it is. And so for me, an act of faith for me was like having to get over what people would think. And I'm like, you know what? This is, I feel restricted if I can't move my hands. You know, people... Y'all don't have no problem with people saying, well, well, I talk with my hands, you know, so here's this, you know, and well, I talk with my hands. Well, I worship with my hands, you know, and it's like, you know, y'all better watch out if y'all ever see me talking down there with a machine gun going, shooting the devil, you know, I'll be down there doing all kind of crazy stuff. But what's one area of worship for you? What's one area of worship for you? Could you be more vocal? Could you be uh, more demonstrative with your worship? What's something you can do? And then step out in faith and begin to do it. And then create a my blessing list. And keep it in a place where you can see it regularly. Now, this is something I'm going to start doing. Like, I kind of keep a blessing list, but it's in a digital form in like one of my programs on my computer and I get it and look at it and what have you from time to time when I pray but I'm like I think I'm going to create a blessing list and that's what that post-it note is for and I just want you to take a second like literally this should take you about three seconds to come up just list three things that you're grateful to God for just take a minute three things and this is going to begin be the beginning of your blessing list. It doesn't take long. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my church family. And I'm thankful for health. Like I'm a healthy person. There's that. And I guarantee you, you could think of a hundred more things. Thankful for toothpaste. Because I've been some places they didn't use toothpaste in foreign countries. And I'm like, I come back home and I'm like, I'm thankful for toothbrushes because I've been in a hut where the whole family used the same toothbrush. I'm not joking or trying to make fun of them. I come back home and I'm like, Lord, I never thought about being thankful for toothpaste and toothbrush, but I'm thankful for it. What's your blessing list? And keep it in a place that you can see it often. And bring different things to the forefront at different times that you can be thankful for. And sometimes it'll be uh, situational. It'll be God just brought us through this or God just did this for us. And sometimes it's, it's, it's housekeeping items. Like I'm thankful for a house. I'm thankful for the money to pay the mortgage on the house. I'm, like there's so many things. I'm thankful that I can go to my refrigerator anytime I want to. And pretty much anything I want to is in there. And if it's not, I'm within 10 miles of a store, five miles really of a store, I can go get it. I've been to places, my friend, where the people are at the top of a mountain and some of them have never been down from the mountain. Never, never seen a TV, a car, anything motorized. And the only way to get supplies in or out is by the 
a, a mule or a horse two hours that way and two hours back. And so they send representatives from their, from their group down. We don't have to do that. When you see how the world lives, you realize how blessed we are. I just want to ask you to stand and we're going to close. I'm so thankful that Holy Spirit has blessed us with His presence in this room today. In just a few minutes, we're going to go our different ways. And if there's something that we can pray with you about specifically, would you come let our prayer team pray with you? If it's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever, would you let us pray with you? We have a team of spirit-filled prayer team members that they will usher in the presence right there where you are. And I appreciate you taking time to think about things that you're thankful for. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the lessons that we can learn from this man who was healed. And God, I pray that you help us to understand that thanks living is what it really is. It's living a life of gratitude for your goodness. It's a response to your mercy and love and graciousness towards us, God. And I pray, Lord, that you help us to understand that our worship and really praise, our worship is our priority. It's our priority. Father God, when we come into this place, we ought to be ready to lift up our voices, our bodies. There's a posture that comes with it. There's a sound that comes with worship. Father God, I pray that we don't have to beg people to worship the Lord, that people just come in. You said, David, you said that I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll enter his courts with praise. If that were me today, that would be like Rife Stewart saying, I'm headed to the church and I'm going to drive on to the parking lot with thanksgiving in my heart and praise in my mouth. I'm going to come in the door with thanksgiving in my heart and praise in my mouth. I'm going to walk into the sanctuary and I'm not going to have to be pumped and primed like some old rusty pump. I'm going to stick my hands in the air even though I may not feel it. I'm going to stick my hands in the air because I'm spirit led, not emotion led. I don't have to be wait to the song third song when it gets at the highest level I don't have to wait till I get there I can start and that's something that we need to understand we can start lifting our hand up to the Lord we can start by lifting it up and we don't have to feel a thing well I don't feel spiritual it has nothing to do with how we feel it has everything to do with activating the atmosphere to usher in and I said recently I believe it was in our prayer uh, fellowship the other night I said we ought to be able to create an atmosphere that is irresistible to Holy Spirit that he cannot uh, he, he cannot resist except coming and flooding this place with his atmosphere